everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We Talk Extensively. I'm Jill. And I'm Maddie. Let's break down our hot takes on this week's sports and pop culture news. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Jill. How are you? I'm good. How's your How's your week been? We're recording a little bit later here, so it's I not know. even the weekend anymore. On a Monday, how exciting for us. I know. It's wild. We both had quite wedding-filled weekends, actually, which is interesting. Like, I definitely was with the biggest group I've ever been with since COVID happened <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, me, me too, I guess, like, in terms of, like, close proximity to people, which is kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, I did realize that, like, I can't party like I used to. I can't really say I ever partied. But, like, victim one on the Bachelorette train right here. But, I mean, you lasted until 1 a.m., which I think is a valiant effort. <laughs> well, and technically I was awake until 4 a.m. because that's when the party ended. And then... <laughs> Uh, it was my sister's bachelorette, and so um, we were sharing a room, and, and let's just say there wasn't a lot of sleep after 4 a.m. either. Someone was in a bit of a rough shape. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so pulled my first, like, all-nighter since university. That was fun. Ooh. Yeah. Honestly, like... I mean, I even got up really early this morning, like an hour or so earlier than normal. And I was like, I can't do it. I had to take a nap before we recorded. I know. Like it's, I, we just, yeah, um, we're in mid, mid thirties here. Like it's right. Things are rougher. <laughs> the only time I'm up to 4am these days is when I wake up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because my old age bladder can't last the whole night. <laughs> Right. It's like a very rare occurrence and I don't enjoy it when it happens. And so like willingly staying up, I mean, not that you willingly stayed up, but like, you know what I mean? It's just not here for it. Not here for it. But thankfully came home to quite a bit of of, uh, exciting sports news. So I think we've got a lot to cover this this week here. I mean, for those pop culture people. We apologize in advance for you. This is this will not be a good episode for you. Um, (laughs) But other than that, like exciting week for us because the NHL is leading up to the expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken, which I saw an Instagram post where they've called them the crackheads. And (laughs) this is the name that I'm accepting for them now. I mean, the possibilities for nicknames are really endless on this front. Um, like, I feel like we need to get cracking on our thoughts on the expansion draft. Like, how many how many puns can we work into today's episode? So many puns. I'm here for it. I mean, there were a few notable players who waived their no movement um, clause in their in their contract. I think the biggest one for me is Carey Price, which he has quite a large contract. So, you know, the experts, quote unquote, are saying that they don't think the Kraken will pick him up. But well, that and, and like he's kind of battling some injuries and stuff yeah. like that, too. Right. So his health's kind of in question. And then you're saddled with this big contract if you do take him. But I mean, 
the historical of the expansion draft, which is one team, Vegas, um, <laughs> like they took Flurry, who was kind of a similar situation, yeah. and that worked out for them. But I you know. know it's and- kind of crazy, though, to think like if the Habs had won the Stanley Cup, like Price for sure would have been named the MVP, and then you could yeah. lose him for nothing. Yeah. Three weeks later. Can we also just pause for a second and discuss how Tampa Bay damaged the Stanley Cup because they tried right. to be cool? <laughs> well, allegedly, they slipped on the oh, wet right. dock at the boat parade and it fell. But, like, have some respect. And then the worst part of it is that it had to go back to Montreal for repairs. <laughs> just like a slap in the face for right? Montreal. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't even the craziest non-expansion draft news of the week, though, because, like, we started off with Pierre Maguire being brought back into the NHL family, being hired by the Sens as director of player development. Then it, like, escalates into Tampa damages the cup. Like, it just, it was wild this week. Too much. Too much. (laughs) Pierre Maguire, like, honestly, I can't picture him providing any type of hockey insight i know he worked on like nbc and commentated but like and i know he worked in the nhl before i just well you don't think that the senators players need to know every hometown that all of their players came from because like that seems relevant to me or like any Sidney crosby fact that has ever existed in life Like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, what the problem is here. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's, it's a weird, weird move for a struggle bus of a team, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was not super well liked. I mean, either as a broadcaster or as his, um, like his previous attempt at, go working through the NHL and trying to be like, like he had like a couple days as like head coach kind of thing. And like, it just didn't go well. So I'm a little right. surprised that they would take a flyer on him here now, but who knows? Maybe it'll work out for them. Doubt it, but we'll see. Big paydays for Sutter and uh, Parise there. Yeah. There was some buyouts um, before the expansion draft lists and everything like that. So um, Suter, and Parise were like the two big signings a few years ago in the uh, trade in the free, agency. Trade free agency. Um, and they were signed to like twin deals by Minnesota, and then now signed to twin buyouts here. But um, like getting like upwards of like I think it's like twenty million dollars or something like yeah. that still owed to them. So that's a crazy amount. I, I assume from- sign another contract. So, like, you could yeah. still potentially make my, I, my thought is maybe they'll just retire, but, like, you could still go mm-hmm. and make money, which is nice. I think Parise will keep playing. Suter, I don't, I'm not as confident on, but, um, yeah, I think, I think Parise will. Keith Yandel as well got bought out by the Panthers. And, yeah. Um, and for him, I really hope that he gets another chance because he's still riding the, uh, the Iron Man streak there <laughs> and everything. Right. Right? So, um, yeah, I hate to see that kind of end on, on that, but, um, yeah, I'd be curious to see what happens with them. Yeah. Of course, like any defenseman on the market, there's always rumors that they're going to Edmonton. So, um, 
Who knows? Maybe we'll see him soon. <laughs> what a treat that would be. What a treat. Um, but then, like, I mean, the expansion draft news was crazy, and, and I think we should yeah. cover that a bit more. But there was one other, like, really big piece of NHL news that, that came out today. Um, pun not intended, but kind of works there. Um <laughs> The, the first NHL player to who's under contract just came out um, and announced that he was gay. Luke Prokop of the, well, formerly Cal- Calgary Hitmen, but now with the Nashville Predators. Yeah, I was going to say a nice little tie to Calgary there. Um, Can't say I'd ever heard of him before. No, no. <laughs> Not, I'll- never heard the name. <laughs> No, I do. I also didn't pay like a lot of attention to the Hitmen, except for maybe like the Getzlaff era, but um Super exciting to see and hopefully, you know, in more of the National League sports, we'll see this happening. I think it has kind of, you know, with the the NFL player a couple weeks ago that came out and, you know, hopefully we see more of this as it as it is becoming accepted, which it should have been accepted, but, you know, you know, more kind of outwardly accepted in these leagues. Yeah. Exciting for him to see. It's too bad though. Like, I mean, when the NFL player came out, like he obviously is already receiving funds, like salary and everything like yeah. that. So he was he was able to make a sizable donation to um, the Trevor Project okay. there. Um, and so, not that I would expect uh, Luke Prokop to be able to do that because he's you know just coming out of junior and, and signed. But but the NFL matched that donation yeah. and I would have expected the NHL to come out with some sort of, cause there's the, um, they support the, you can play. Yep. Um, which was like founded by, um, Brendan Burke, I think Brian Burke's son. Yes. As part of like the NHL's commitment to the, the LGBTQ community. So I would have thought that there might've been some sort of like on behalf of Luke Prokop, we donate here, but maybe it's coming. Hopefully, maybe yeah. they'll listen to this and they will make a donation. I mean, we are, come on, we are really starting to become like influencers here, so they should <laughs> they should listen to us? We've predicted a few things. Yeah, we've broken some news stories. We've made the daytime Emmys cool again. <laughs> <laughs> like Zach Efron's now up for a daytime Emmy and won. So you're welcome, well, Zach. might have just told him about it we don't know were you hiding in like a bush i don't understand where you were (laughs) he was breaking his grandpa out of his retirement home in order to watch the italy england game so he was a little bit busy the last few weeks true more important things to discuss than the daytime emmy (laughs) but back to the expansion draft um was there any players that you thought were surprising non-protected Okay, so I was, this was not surprising, but an interesting move by St. Louis to not protect Tarasenko after he came out and asked for a trade. Yeah, because you could lose him for nothing now. Exactly. Like, I get, I feel like they just did it to spite him because he asked for a trade to no longer be on the team, but you're giving up a really good player for zero. Yeah. So, and I can't imagine Seattle not picking him unless they have like some contract cap issues to deal with. Like if they pick up a carry price or something. 
Well, I guess it depends, right? Like, I mean, you kind of have to, like, do your homework on some of these players to see, you know, not only what, like, he only has a year left, I think, on his contract. So, like, is he going to stick with you for a long time? Um, Or do you do you use that pick elsewhere and then mm-hmm. like wait a year and try to sign him in free agency or something? Cause like, if he doesn't want to be in Seattle, like, and he's only there for one season and you have to trade him at the trade deadline anyways, like did that do you <laughs> that any, would, that would suck. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't necessarily do you any good, but I guess at least he said it now, like Tarasenko came out now so that yeah. they could use that protected pick on, on so. another player. Landeskog was another one I was kind of surprised at with Colorado. He was like a pretty big name there for a while and um, shocked that he wasn't protected. Mm-hmm. But the Flames ones were not surprising, but still sad <laughs> to say the least. I know. I saw that um, like they were looking at ways to... I guess, like, come to that kind of agreement with with Seattle on, like, taking who they wanted you to take kind of thing instead of leaving Geo unprotected. But the cost of it was, like, a first and a third round draft pick. And, like, that's really high to protect from taking Geo. So, um, I mean. Geo's probably gone. Yeah. Like, I did did see one mock. um, It was, like, the Flames mock protection list. And they protected Glenn Godden over Michael Bass. (laughs) So, like, maybe Seattle will take Godden because we left him unprotected by protecting backs. Fingers so, crossed. will be fooled. I know. So, yeah. But I think, I don't know. I feel like Geo is probably the most likely scenario. Yeah. There is, like, a like a expansion draft simulator on Cap Friendly. Um, Amazing. So, so you could do that and, and everything. But I don't know. I... I think, yeah, I think it's probably going to be BGO there. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know why else they would, who else they would really go with. Um, right, like, we protected like all the main ones, yeah. basically. Like, I guess you could take like Oliver Shillington if you wanted, like, to up your model agency <laughs> cred. Uh- Model boy. Yeah. He's been um, really taking the modeling to a next level over this I mean, he summer really, break. That's the thing. It's like, I'm not sure that Seattle is the right fit for him because he really prefers the, like, sunshine model the situation. Like, I'm Turn not sure. The, yeah, the rainy, gloomy days is, like, really, <laughs> really in his in his jam there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I, I mean, the other people on the, on the list, I don't... I don't see you taking him. Like the only other one that stands out is maybe Tyler Parsons, but there's so many yeah. goalies like available right now. And like, I think they're pretty close on, on um, Dredger in Florida. So I don't know why they would really stack their goalies el- elsewhere, but yeah. And Ben yeah, Bishop was another goalie that waived his non-movement clause. So like, I think they have probably bigger picks. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. My other favorite, um, like mock expansion draft that I had seen was there's like a ton of players named Tyler who are available. <laughs> and so I think they were able to put like 12 Tyler's on the Kraken. <laughs> and I like, just really want that to happen. Like 
the year that we had so many Michaels and there was like the like, do we lead the the league in Michaels now? Like I just think it's <laughs> so funny when all of the players start with the same name. I would enjoy twelve Michaels perhaps or twelve Tylers, perhaps. Me it too. would be good. Yeah, I think it would just be like Especially because there's no other way to spell Tyler. Like, at least Michael, there's, like, you know, different a million different options. European ways yeah. and everything else. It's Mike's. There's, yeah, like, there's, you know, whatever kind of thing. But yeah. Tyler, Tyler is Tyler, so that's what you're getting. Right. I guess you could be Ty, but, like, <laughs> six would have to be Ty. Six would have to be Tyler. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know. Kind of crazy. But the um, I think it's the... It's, I think, Wednesday that they have to, that they announce everything. So pretty soon. And then shortly after that, um, free agency kicks off here. I know. Love a good free agency. I know. A little little frenzy there. (laughs) Um, I wonder, I haven't really looked in to see who are the big free agents like on the market this year. Last year, I think was a little bit dull. Um, but hopefully this year there's like some big names that will cause a little bit of a frenzy. There's like there's quite a few. Like that's why Landeskog is unprotected because he's a he's a UFA. Um, oh, so obviously okay. Colorado feels that they're not going to be able to re-sign to resign him. him. But like Ovechkin's on there, Dougie Hamilton, um, Dougie Taylor, Taylor Hall. Uh, there's someone that they said who it will be their first time ever entering free agency, not Ovechkin. And I can't remember who it is. Um, probably David Krejci. Maybe. Oh, that's a big one for Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tuka Rask is, I'm just reading a list now, Tuka. but Tuka, Tuka Rask is on there. Um, like I think so many players last year just like elected Time to stay because there was like some sun, so much uncertainty with COVID and what was going to happen and people didn't want to you know jump around and yeah. especially with not knowing where they're going to be able to go but um yeah I don't know there's there's quite a few like it could be a frenzy that's for sure so it'll be an exciting year I can't yeah. imagine Ovechkin not resigning with the Caps me it's either. Be a huge, it should be a pretty big contract, though. Um, I know he's getting old, but like, he, well, he's, he's basically OB. he's basically come out and said like he isn't going to play for anyone but Washington. Yeah. Um, I actually think it'll be like a smaller contract. I think he'll. I feel like that's part of the reason why he's waited is so that like they have some cap space to play with and they can add some pe- people because like I feel what like a nice guy. Well, he's got he's got the accolades at this point, right? Like yeah. he's playing for the, and he knows if it was if he was playing for the money, like he could go over to the KHL and <laughs> play with do the Kobe thing and like and make his money that way. So he's playing for another Stanley Cup win, which means that you need to have money to add more people to yeah. the team. Yeah. Oh, stand up guy. Yeah, I what do have him a- win his Stanley Cup was so exciting. Right? Like, Kucherov is trying to be, like, the summer of OV, but it's just not, it's, it's not, not the same. enough. No. Especially because you're, like, trolling the fact that your team was $18 million over the cap. <laughs> like, that's like, not something to be proud of. <laughs> I'm very offended by that. Uh, like, I do not understand how they are making a mockery of it. No, it's just embarrassing. Kills me. Yeah. 
Oh, actually, yeah. Actually, I'm just looking at this UFA list. It's it's actually crazy. There's so many big names on okay. it. Um, but here is like one really good segue. Um, Jamie Aless- Alessiak is a UFA, um, okay. and his sister Penny made the Olympic team again. Oh, Canadian swimmer. Yeah. So she's um, one of the 371 athletes I saw Canada sending over to Tokyo. This is our biggest contingent, I believe, for summer Olympics. Yeah. And most females, like it's like, it's like well over 50% of them. I think it was like 60% or something were females. Like, is that maybe because our soccer team made it and the men's soccer team didn't? Possibly that. <laughs> That's like probably at least 15 to 20 people right there. Also our basketball team. <laughs> so, probably. Rugby team. Like, no, actually rugby made it. Because I did see that one of the flag bearers is from the rugby team. So. The um, Olympics have taken another turn to disaster zone this week. So they had the first positive test in Olympic in the Olympic Village. I think now it's come out that there's like 60 some odd cases. Oh god. Um two or no, one of the US gymnast alternates tested positive after already being over in Tokyo. So and her I assume what is her roommate is like isolating um, because of I really it, hope that Simone Biles has her own room. <laughs> I mean, she should. We need to protect her at all costs because she could just win all the gold medals for the U.S. Olympic team, basically by herself. Right? Like we don't uh, even need the points of the other people. It's just like no I want to. Oh, it does say Simone was not affected by the the result, nor were any of the other gold medal medal favorites. Yeah. So thank God. I do love like. Even when I lived in, in in Canada, like there's just something about the U.S. women's oh. gymnast that is fantastic. Did you watch that documentary on? Yes. Um, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was on like the the kind of like the way that the Olympic gymnasts are treated in the U.S. and and yeah. I mean that was a, a largely around the like sexual assault. Larry um, Nasser. Yeah, that's so um, many of them. Experience, yeah. yeah, that's so many of them experienced. But removing that component of it, like just watching like what they went through and like kind of the emotional part of making those teams was crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's I don't know, it's something else. And they're so ta- they're so talented, like across the board. The last yeah. couple of years that and. I think I started loving them like the Sean Johnson, yes, see <laughs> a Lucan phase there, um, and has just like progressed since, and they're so fantastic. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, and I really hope no COVID takes them down. Well, thankfully, um, they won't be able to get COVID through any extracurricular activities because the Olympics has come up with a surefire way to ensure that no sexual relations happen at the Olympics by introducing COVID friendly or COVID protection cardboard beds. <laughs> when I read that this morning, I was like, stop it. This is, this is not what it has come to because obviously when the Olympics happen, it is like a big discussion point 
that, you know, like condoms are basically in baskets all over the Olympic Village. But they've only distributed 160,000 condoms, oh. which is down from the normal half a, half a million. Pennies, okay, sorry. So like, they are going to have to be, you know, a little bit conservative because there's not as many condoms readily available. Save, save those. Yeah. But they have basically said that these cardboard beds don't hold the weight of two people, so they will collapse if you have sex on them. <laughs> so I have a lot of questions. Starting so with <laughs> Olympic gymnasts are like 72 pounds. <laughs> so like, what if they wanted to sleep with like, like a male Olympic volleyball player who also like isn't really super heavy kind of thing? Right. Because, like, obviously these beds are also meant to, like, support the weight the of, like... Basketball players? Basketball players. Or the, like, sumo wrestlers, weightlifters kind of thing. So, like, but these bed frames are literally made out of, like, cardboard boxes. Like, it reminds me of, you know, that scene in Friends when Joey wants to pretend he has a Porsche, and so he makes it a box and covers it? That's basically what they've done to make bed frames. Which, okay, all for them... Um, helping the environment because I think they're all out of recycled materials and can be re-recycled. But like, these athletes have <laughs> their entire life to go to the Olympics and you are putting them on cardboard beds. Like, I thought there was problems at the, like, the, the Sochi Olympics where, like, things weren't finished and they were, like, you know, sending out the, the funny pictures of, like, their rooms in, like, oh disarray. God. And, like, even them, they had, like, legitimate beds. Like, that's, like, the keyest item for an athlete is, like, what they are sleeping on. Plus, one athlete has come out saying he has jumped on the bed and it didn't break. <laughs> so, did they test this design? I want to know. Who, what's this who test? Sex <laughs> people having that decided that they couldn't hold two people? <laughs> right? Also, like, I hate to tell you Tokyo Olympic Committee, but, like, doesn't need to be done in a bed, so I'm sure these athletes can figure out other ways to get around this. I don't know. They're, these athletes, are they, how creative are they? Like, you gotta... We have gymnasts there, okay? They're bendy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I I just love the Olympic stories of like they had a whole extra year to get ready and they still come out with cardboard bed frames. I know. It's so sad. Um I mean, hopefully that's the worst that we hear coming out of here like I I know like I've heard so many stories about how much fun like Olympic Village is and like yeah. it's such, like that's really what makes it for the athletes, but I do have to kind of laugh that at this point they couldn't just be like, okay, we'll pivot and put them in hotel rooms or something like that because obviously they're not having the level of tourism that you would traditionally have during right. the Olympics. So, you know, they could have, if, if it was truly down to like material, <laughs> like delivery problems and that's why they went with this cardboard, like, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like some hotel would have been like, sure, we'll rent you our beds for 15 days. Like we, we could use some money. We haven't had any revenue in two years. <laughs> They can't have that extra cost. Such extra cost, Jill. They're already underwater. <laughs> well, maybe it's like bring your own bed then. And bring like, your own bed. 
because like I just cannot see like the men's U.S. basketball team sleeping on cardboard beds when they're no. like princesses to begin with kind of thing. I, so. I also feel like they barely fit in like the normal Olympic Village beds. Right. So these beds, I mean, can't wait for the TikToks to come out of that. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be so, great. So good. So good. <laughs> So the they kick off this weekend, which is kind of exciting. So excited. I gotta like set up all my like recordings of like just basically twelve hours a day of of Olympic coverage. And 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 it's like something nice to have on in the background too, because even if you're not invested, it's just Oh, I'm invested. (laughs) But I mean there's sometimes things I'm not invested in. (laughs) I was just gonna say I'm gonna have to like get used to working in like extreme heat conditions because I've been going to the office for the air conditioning, but then I can't watch the Olympics. So, um, I would be uh, problems. Re- like, honestly, so I'm gonna have to like check the daily schedule because like, I can't miss events. Like, I like being an expert for 10 days in that particular field. Right. Like, I can tell I'm you really excited. No yeah. race walking by the end of the Olympics. <laughs> I love the race walking. Simon Whitfield throwing his hat down like that gave me chills. Still gives me chills. <laughs> the chafing that must occur to those oh, people's man. legs. Just why can't they wear like like long spandex shorts? Like why right. do they have to be like like the little shorty thing? Yeah, like two inch inseam shorts. Like I don't understand that part. It's like, it's like when much. we were talking about Shikari Richardson last the other right. week or whatever and I'm like she's running in a bathing suit like <laughs> I would be like I can't run like I gotta hold everything in place kind of deal everything's, everything's falling out it reminds me of the episode of the office where they where Michael Scott hits Meredith with his a car <laughs> and then they have the fun run for babies <laughs> and Andy's Nipples. <laughs> he has the band-aids over them, and there's just the two blood marks on his on his bib afterwards. So I mean, good. I have to say that the most relatable part of that episode is Michael eating the fettuccine Alfredo because, like, also how I would like to carb load. Got a car, got a carb load. You know, two seconds before the race starts. <laughs> Pretty much. I will say the events that I look forward to the most are like the gym gymnastics, yep. the diving, yep. find, and the swimming as well. Exciting, although no Michael Phelps this year, so yeah, slightly track, less track and field, like the track, the, the, yeah. the sprints, all of it, all of track and field. Other than like I'm watching the like marathons, kind of boring because you're like just fast forward to the end. Right. <laughs> I don't need to watch all whole like three hours of this. Let's yeah. go. Um. Those are the the main anything, ones I can think anything of right that now. Is like that is like a photo finish style yeah. event. Um, super invested in. Um, oh, I do like the beach volleyball too. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, I'll watch the soccer for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, like, there's no event that I'm not excited for. No, it's just so. you know, basically three weeks <laughs> where I, know. I have something every day that I get to enjoy. Right? So, like, I mean, I think you can probably expect a little bit more sports next podcast episodes as well. 
Right. So apologies, no apologies. Yeah. I mean, we could give you our our more recent updates on Love Island and Big Brother, though, if we wanted to quickly segue into... uh... We could. (laughs) Um, I'm not caught up on Love Island. I think I'm on episodes... I finished episode six, I think. Um, Anyways, not loving this season, except for Kira and Will. I'm team Kira and Will. Team Kira and Will. I know. I need... I need, like... I, I'm going to commit to that um, Shannon and Josh because oh, yeah. they're like the train wreck of the season that I really enjoy watching. Game, but in a bad way that it's going to explode. Yeah. But here for it. Yeah. Ready, ready for that explosion. Um, but yeah, otherwise it doesn't, doesn't have the, the draw you in as, as it did last year. And I feel like they've been bringing in too many girls for some reason. I think we've. I had- think there's. I think there's some more guys coming in okay. soon here as well. Because I'm yeah. not loving any of the girls that they've brought in. I. Well, I, I think they're like really trying to keep that Corey guy around. Oh, sweet Corey! I was very it- confused that all those people voted for him to go on three dates. That's why I was like, something's fishy here. Did you break these votes? Yeah. The did not tell you this. Yeah, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that, but. <laughs> Um, because yeah, I don't know what else has happened in pop culture here. No. Are you caught up on big brother or do you still have last nights to go? Um, I still have last nights to go, but like I look at every spoiler on the internet. So I'm fully aware of who won, who's been nominated, who's won power of veto, who the target is. Like, I mean, team everyone against Frenchie. So Frenchie has got to go. Give him the boot. He was, that was the worst played game I think I've seen. And I've, I haven't watched Big Brother in a while, but like, that was horrible. Honestly, he apparently is talking about like voluntarily leaving now as well. Like he's, what a baby, to be honest, like just stay and get voted out. I know. Like, he was already... He's worried, he said, what I saw in my spoiler research, <laughs> was he was worried about if he stayed and got voted out, that they might have the, like, p- the playback re- um, competitions or whatever, where, like, the first several house guests compete to go back in the house. So then they, just throw th- that competition. I don't understand. He would have to stay in a hotel room uh, until the competition oh. happened, where if he, like, self-evicts, then he wouldn't be eligible for... would they have playbacks plus teams this season that seems like a lot plus this wild card twist that seems like too many twists Frenchie I don't know I don't know there's a it's hard to say but expect the unexpected I believe is their their motto so (laughs) Julie Chen is always telling us that Julie Chen forgot forgot the second last name there in honor of her husband also admission um when i was trying to watch the like bonus episodes of uh love island on paramount plus which i like signed up for thinking i could watch it but then i'm in canada so i can't um i did discover that it has all 40 some seasons of survivor on it so i started watching from season one how is that going you did say the camera quality is horrible it's not great but you know what's even worse is how like offensive they are like so survivor season one was filmed in the year 2000 yeah oh my gosh so it seems like so long ago but also yesterday right and so i thought like people in the year 2000 were like you know conscious of the fact that 
people have different backgrounds and they could be different races or they could be gay. And like, literally it's because Richard Hatch was one yeah. that season right? and he was gay. Right. And there was this older guy on it, but like multiple comments about like, you know, being uncomfortable around gay people and like that kind of stuff. And like, it's all aired. Like it's like out there kind of thing, yeah. which like now if, if someone's were to say that on like season 40, oh my 50, gosh. 60, whatever they're on here now, like you, they would just get absolutely destroyed on social media yeah. and like their whole reputation and their job and everything that would be gone. So it's, it's just crazy to see like that progression of like what's acceptable. Cause like they chose to air that, like let alone yeah. say it, but they chose to air that as like, that was footage. And now it's like absolute would not touch that with a knife a pole kind of thing. I noticed that as well. I watched uh, old seasons of hell's kitchen um during uh quarantine and like in the first couple seasons like Gordon Ramsay I mean some of the stuff yeah. he says I'm just like holy it's yeah nice. it's it's nuts to see that but um the other weird thing about it is like you know how on reality shows now like Big Brother or like Love Island like they have that kind of like diary room where they yeah. it's like one on one with the camera crew they had a little bit of that in Survivor Season 1, but a lot of the interviews were actually just done out in the open. So, like, you'll see other <laughs> people walking past as they're talking about their, like, strategies and their alliances, and this person's just like, mm, like let me listen to this. Like, it's, it's very, very crazy to see. I watched, like, the early seasons, and then I, like, I probably watched, yeah. like, seasons 1 through, I'm going to say, like, 7 or 8, and then I didn't watch again until, like, season 40. So I'm kind of interested to see when that, like, switch over happens i kind of want to get paramount plus just to watch it because survivor is a very unique game and there's like a lot of physical aspect but also very mental and let me tell you like i would not survive if i had to eat bugs and stuff no way like you for sure you for sure would have survived in the early seasons because they got like so many like they have hammocks they have like raincoats like they have shiz and toothpaste like it is not survivor it is not the same as what it is now where you are literally like boop and good luck kind of thing like (laughs) there's there's probably snakes somewhere over here so like watch out yeah um yeah it's like it's crazy like because that's what i remember too like thinking like they have like cards and like I saw one girl like on a sketchbook and like they're complaining about being bored, but like, and they're like a little bit hungry, but like there really wasn't any sort of danger of of the hunger part. Like it, it, I don't know. It didn't come into play as much as I thought it did when I remembered kind of watching it. So that's why big brother is for me. Like the worst punishment is slop. Slop. And like, I think it's just oatmeal, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Right. I can survive on oatmeal for a week. I know there must be something else in it because I think it's like not really the same as like just oatmeal, but okay. But I agree. Like I'm like I don't know. Like it seems okay to me, kind of thing. Right. I would like to try it. Put me on Big Brother. I'll do. I'll do it. (laughs) We're definitely gonna submit an application for you, but not Canada. No. No. I voted out first as like the old person though. Like they're all like 22 years old now. Minus Frenchie. Minus Frenchie, and I don't want to be associated with him. No, there's another girl. I can't think of her name. She's older too. She has the braids. Tiffany. Thank you. Tiffany, yeah. But still, like, the braids. She's, she's marketed as the old lady. 
It's going to be that. One that I found very interesting is when Frenchie was kicked off. Or no, when Tra- <laughs> I'm I'm wishful thinking here. When <laughs> Travis was kicked off, he made some comment that Derek keeps running his mouth. And I assume they're talking about Big D, not not the other Derek X, I think. Yeah. But they didn't um, really show that. So I, I kind of want to know what he was talking about. I know I don't really like Big D to be honest because I no. think because he's aligned with Frenchie that that's selling me. But I do I do like the other Derek. I feel like he needs like that. I don't know dorky nerd vibe. I really like him. I'm yeah. really liking him. Honestly, that's about it right now. There's a few that I I'm curious about. Like like I kind of like Brittany when she was first introduced, but she oh, hasn't gotten enough airtime for I me don't. to know if I like her. I don't know if you'll love her after this episode. But I know she gets nominated, so I feel like yeah. she probably spirals. Yeah, she does some weird, like, crying, yelling thing in the confessional at the end. And I was like, please, cal- you're not even the target. Calm down. <laughs> like, play it cool and no one's going to vote you out. What's wrong with you? Pawns go home. Pawns go home. True. But so. in this case, I don't think the pawn is going home. Like, I... I- Unless something drastic changes, but he's already promised everybody immunity and like gone back on his word a million times. So I know. And I'm so sad that that cost us like that pretty boy, Tyler, whatever his name is. I know. We needed him to stay on. Travis, I think. Travis. Yeah. We still have Christian who has pretty eyes. Yeah. But he has weird hair. Not so much his hair. Like if you put a hat on, we can do this. (laughs) Can I suggest a backwards hat? Mm, yes. <laughs> um, on that note, do we have anything else we need to cover here? I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks for listening. I uh, Hopefully we don't have a weird segment in the middle with our technical <laughs> difficulties. But if you made it this far, thanks for sticking with us. Thank you. It's been a wild ride this week. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week. New episodes will be released Tuesday mornings. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at We Talk Extensively and on Twitter at Talk Extensively. See you next Tuesday.